On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we take a look forward to the Bears' Sunday matchup against the Titans. And free drinks on the north side, courtesy of a one John Lester. We talk his Cubs legacy and more on episode 17 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your favorite source for your Chicago sports talk. I'm Joey Gelman. On the other side of the Skype is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. I am on Twitter at Joey Gelman. The show, Believe in Chicago Sports, is on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. As Dan mentioned, we're jumping into a Bears preview as they take on the Titans and talking a little John Lester and if his time with the Cubs and a glorious one at that may be uh, coming to an end. But we'll start with the Bears. They have a big matchup this weekend with the Tennessee Titans. And this is part of that gauntlet stretch of the season where they had the Rams, the Saints, and now the Titans. Those first two didn't go so well. So this is that third one that could kind of set the tone for the rest of the year here, making you 5-4, and four, which isn't scary frightening, but it's not where you, not where you want to be. And, and with a lot of concern on offense still, and uh, even more of your quasi-healthy offensive lineman going on the COVID restriction list, Trubisky with a shoulder injury as your backup. There's a lot of questions going on this weekend as you head into a game against a Titans team that has figured out their identity as of last year and kicks your ass in the running game. Yeah, my biggest question is how the hell are the Bears going to win? So <laughs> I guess we could start with that. I mean, you laid it all out there, Joey. If there's anything you're going to be scared about, or not necessarily scared, but you look at this matchup on paper and you go, okay, well, if there's one thing we know for sure, the Bears offensive line has been, let's be nice, so-so this entire season. Um, they're banged up. Who the hell's going to play? Hopefully Cody White here is good enough, arguably their best offensive lineman. Maybe he could suit it up. Maybe he can't. If not, you're pulling in second stringers, third stringers because of injuries, COVID lists, like you said. And now you're figuring out, okay, well, we can't run with a healthy line. It's hard to protect at best with a healthy line. We'll, we'll, we'll give whatever we have available a shot and see what happens. What's the game plan if you have a beat-up offensive line? It's a hell if I know. Probably what it was going to be if you had a healthy offensive line. Doesn't matter. The Matt Nagy game plan is still probably going to be the Matt Nagy game plan. So you think of that, and now you go, hmm, we, can, we can't even run that cute one play with Mitchell Trubisky anymore either. He goes in for one play. We can't even run that because the poor guy's injured. A shoulder injury, right? On that play, correct? I read the reports correctly. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, glad I know how to read. Um, so the Titans. Congrats. I'm proud of you. <laughs> the Titans at home um, favored, obviously. And I think it's more or less you're just trying to figure out how were the Bears going to win this game. And I think this is probably – only the second time this season I've really asked myself that question. Against every other team, I was like, all right, there's ways they can win, and I don't think it's that far-fetched. Maybe the game against the Buccaneers that they actually won, which I thought they were going to lose, that was maybe a game where I was thinking in my head, man, I'm trying really hard to kind of find a scenario how we're going to beat TB12, who's, while he's in a different jersey this year, still undefeated against the Bears. Um, but now you look into this game and you go, wow, Derrick Henry, a freaking monster, really good. And the Bears against the run, not too great. I'm not going to say bad, but not too great. 
And now you have to figure out a way to stop the beast that is Derrick Henry. And Vrabel doesn't really necessarily hesitate to go to him much if that's working. If not, you have Ryan Tannehill, who's been pretty okay this season. He's been pretty okay. If he wants to join the Bears next year, he totally can. That's fine. Um, But you just look on paper and you look at what both teams have done. It's going to be hard for the Bears to pull this out. You need to be able to cross out a lot of those five-step drops that, that Nick Foles hopefully doesn't do. Um, maybe the screen plays will work this year, maybe or this game. I don't know. We'll see. But I doubt it. So you're just trying to figure out and devise a game plan to how we could you know, beat the Titans on the road. I don't know. I, I got nothing for you. <laughs> I guess you just hope the defense does better against the run because they're going to have to be the best they've ever been against the run this year in a matchup against the Titans and Derrick Henry, who's awesome. Um, so you just hope that the defense could give you an even better performance because you have an ailing offensive line and you have an offense that still can't figure it out. And you're going up against your toughest running back that you faced all year. You put it on the defense again. I'm sorry, defense. You've been carrying this team all season long. You've been carrying this team for decades. That's going to be the major key to the game, in my opinion, unless I'm totally off. But just and it's probably not only going to be this game, it's probably going to be many games going forward. Just going to have to rely on the defense and hope maybe Nick Foles and the offense does enough to get you to victory. Or is that too simple of a game plan? I don't know. Is that no, just hope? It, it, that might yes, just be hope. It, it's just hope. But it's all you have with this team right now. I mean, this is this is going to have to be their bread and butter. It's it's a defense only game plan you have to score on defense and luckily for oh, the giving us a score too you, you have, have to, to pick six i'm gonna recover to the end right zone. let's go mac um but you at least going into this game you know the titans game plan like it's not like they're gonna surprise you with what they're gonna do they're gonna do what they do really well but it's not gonna be surprising it's a derrick henry centric on un- offense and you have to respect that and understand that and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough uh but i I, I just I, I'm still waiting to be proven wrong on the offense and seeing what they can do. But from from what we saw from this defense last time out, even though they let up 20 plus points, they they look cleaner at the linebacker position led by Roquan Smith, and that was encouraging. And as good as he's been, there have been some missed tackles, and you 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 can't afford that with Derrick Henry. Uh, so I, I think if there was any game where you wanted to see this Bears defense be at the top of their game and be physical because Derrick Henry's going to kick your ass every time he runs the ball. This is that game. This is that this is that blue blood kind of rough and tumble football game that you're seeing if this defense can can hold its own. I mean, this team could score. I mean, you you look at their last two losses, um this one coming this past Sunday over to the Bengals, 31 to 20 score, and then they lost the week prior to that to Pittsburgh, which was actually their first loss of the season, and that back and forth game, 27-24. But anything before that, you're talking 40-plus, 30-plus points after the first week of the season when they defeated Denver. So you're talking Jacksonville hanging 33, Minnesota hanging 31, Buffalo hanging 42, Houston hanging 42. Mm-hmm. So they can score. Yeah, They definitely can score. It's not like you can't score against them, but that's the problem. <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're facing a team who, by all means, they could get the ball down the field – they could get themselves quite a few scores a game, even against a really good defense like the Bears. I don't, what, what, you're going to expect the Bears to shut them out? It's almost like the in baseball when you just have a 
terrible offense and you need your ace to go out there and literally pitch a shutout, which that won't even happen anymore because nobody's throwing shutouts, right? Um, but you need your ace in your bullpen to go out there and throw a compl- uh, shutout for you, right? It's the same thing here with the beers. Like you're asking what's the number they would have to hold the Titans to to realistically win that game, this game. And then you ask yourself, is that even – a realistic number to hold them to like, what do you have to hold the Titans to 17 points, 20 points, even if you hold them to that number, which to me would be a great success because the Titans can score. They've proven it against any opponent they face this year. They could put multiple scores on the board. What can the bears do against any opponent? (laughs) Like it doesn't even matter how good or bad your defense is. The bears just have a hard time scoring Anyways, they have a hard time, as you mentioned many times, Joey, getting some kind of rhythm on offense. So you ask yourself, what's the limit they have to hold the Titans to? They probably have to do amazing. You'd probably have to hold this Titans team to 17 points, 17, 20 points. So now they're going back-to-back weeks with you know sub-21, sub-25 points. The likelihood of that, it doesn't seem too likely. Also... You're still talking about a first-place team in Tennessee over there in the AFC South. So they got a lot to play for still. I know the Bears. We're fighting for first place too. We'll see how that goes, especially when we have our matchups against our two matchups against the Packers this year. But a lot to play for there with Tennessee in the AFC South, duking out with the Colts. And, and trying to go for first place, it's hard for me to just see them losing three games in a row. <laughs> it can happen. And I know that's not necessarily a great point. I'm not throwing magnificent quantitative data at you. But now you're talking about this team who started out 5-0 and to now fall to 5-3 and because the Bears come to town and because the Bears hold them to a low amount of points and because now all of a sudden our offense is going to wake up with a, with a battered-up offensive line. Good luck. And like I said, we can't even run the Trubisky play. I wanted to see the Trubisky play again. But all signs are pointing, pointing to uh-oh. So once again, we say week in and week out, it won't surprise me if we lose this game. <laughs> You know what will surprise me a little bit? And maybe I'm being way too hard on the Bears. And I hope I look completely silly come our next podcast when we're when we're breaking down when we're breaking down the actual game. This might not be the first game they're really in it till the end. I could see Tennessee winning by two, three scores. I really could. I could see them winning comfortably, especially with the way they can control the ball with the run game. Absolutely. They get out to an early double-digit lead. And look out, it might be a very long, boring Sunday. I could see that. So if the Bears can even just stay within a score, a touchdown or a field goal, all the way to the end or some point in the fourth quarter, that would kind of be victory enough for me. I'm not really expecting too much more. Sorry, all the, all the any Bears fans out there listening to this show right now just hate me. Who is this guy? Not a Bears fan. Get him out of here. But I don't know. This might be This might be one of the first games that isn't even close that results in a Bears L. Well, because usually, as bad as the offense has been, they've been healthy enough to have a fighting chance, and the defense has kept them in it. And that's the the difference this week, is I don't know on any team how you have a successful offense with this kind of offensive line. I mean, James Daniels' injury, mm-hmm. Cody Whitehair's injury, Bobby Massey's injury. Then you look at the list today, and it's Jermaine Effetti and Jason Scraggs are now out for covid and, and joey gelman in exactly you wouldn't want me at left tackle <laughs> i know the quarantine 15s gained a little pounds for me but i don't think there the height would, the height would work uh but so you have those two guys out and yeah. then you sign you know lechavius simmons to the practice squad i couldn't even tell you who that is love it and and former Rams center aaron neary and 
you have just these names there trying to protect you in an offense that's already sputtering each week. And and I, 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 I think you're right. I think it's one of those scenarios where if you get down, it might be impossible to come back because of that, because you don't have a line that can even give you the protection for a slant. And I hope they prove me wrong. And they're, they're redemption guys that kick ass, but... Yeah, yeah, now they got now they have to mesh a little bit. Right, you know, they don't even have enough time to mesh. It's right. like, and you have to learn that very very complicated Matt Nagy playbook. Mm-hmm. Too much too, too much to ask for. Yeah, if you ask me. No, I, yeah, part I of agree. that's done in cheek, but I mean, it, it, there's truth to now this offensive line of fill-ins, which is what they are. Now you try to you kind of have to try to mesh, and if you're going to have a couple hiccups in that game that result in sacks or you better hope not strip fumbles. Who knows? I mean, who knows what can happen if that offensive line new, newly, you know, put together offensive line on the spot, they have a, a, a few bad hiccups or two along the road in that game. Who knows what that leads to? Nothing good. It probably. could also cost you Nick Foles without a backup quarterback in place. Oh, I hope not. No, <laughs> no. So there's bears fans out there probably saying, Oh, well it wouldn't be too much worse with the two knuckleheads we have. Maybe you're right. I don't know, but no, Nick, Nick Foles, We'll see. I mean, we'll see that this has been his team for quite a few weeks now, and there's been nothing impressive other than, you know, save the Falcons game where he came back and was the hero. After that, there's been nothing that he's done that makes you go, wow, this was definitely the right choice. It was basically putting him in against that Falcons game and him just going to town and the Falcons falconing their asses off. That made him that made it look like that was a smart decision. After that, eh. It seems like probably the right choice. Probably. I mean, this whole town basically gave up on Mitch, which rightfully so. There's decent enough data. And, you know, if you just use the eye, had more than enough reason to kind of throw in, throw in the towel on him. But nothing Nick Foles has done to where you say, oh, yeah, we're going to definitely be in it all the way to the end because this guy's going to go out and at least he's going to ball on some. He's going to ball out on a couple of games. No, not really. Yeah, they were hoping to catch that lightning in the bottle like he did in Atlanta and have that every week, just like he did in Philly and won a Super Bowl for them. There's a reason Foles has been a backup his whole career and has a decent sample size, but there's a reason it's not too large and the reason why he's stayed number two in many places. And I think the Bears were hoping they would be able to catch that that kind of moment of greatness for this window of theirs because they realized Trubisky wasn't the guy and... You know, it's kind of turning out to be average. They're going to make the playoffs. The NFL's turning into a a crazy league now, trying to maybe expand the playoffs. Sixteen teams, which would just let them all in. Yeah, put too many uh, uh, NFC least teams in to make me even happier. Yeah. And and so you'll, it's just it, it is where you're. It, it is what it is. I, it, it, I can't pray or hope for any more from it. It's just it's kind of what it is. But I think what's Interesting. If you look at these two teams in the in the matchup of how they approach offense, I I, I find it kind of fascinating because I I almost want the Bears to take the Titans model, and that is good luck. Well, <laughs> yes, I know, but but it's the idea of okay, you have a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill who was a decently highly touted player with a lot of physical sure. upside when he was at Miami, and it never really worked, and. He finds a new home in Tennessee, and they build an entire offense around Derrick Henry and around the skills that Ryan Tannehill has versus trying to fit Ryan Tannehill into an Adam Gase offense. And I think 
that's the biggest takeaway of the opposite of these teams. When you look at the Bears, it's Matt Nagy's system or nothing, and they're trying to fit pieces into it. Where you look at the Titans of, they're not this world-beating offense like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but they're really good. They know what they're really good at. They know how to take advantage of their best players, and it found them in an AFC championship game last year. If that's not a recipe to kind of model and realize, maybe we should take a step back and reevaluate what we have versus thinking Matt Nagy's system is gospel, you, you, you got to start thinking that way if you're the Bears. You're asking for too much, Joey. I know. It's just not going, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, that's why when you think about it and you say, all right, you, you could try your hardest. You could be one of the best NFL analysts out there, and you could tell me with the injuries they have to the offensive line and the way they stack up position to position by the Titans. This is exactly how you have to go against the team of blah, 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 yeah, and so forth and so forth. It doesn't matter. Like I said, you, you, you could listen to the best analysts out there, read up on what the Titans are doing, and just let look at their records. Like you said, look at what they did in their postseason run. doesn't matter. Like you said, at the end of the day, Matt Nagy's playbook is gospel. Be you. We are not changing that, Joey. Be you. So I know we gave a whole lot of optimistic reasons as to why all the Bears faithful out there than Club Dub is going to be open on the road in Tennessee. Psych. Probably not. But before we transition into it's got to be honky tonk in Tennessee, right? It can't be club dub. It's got to be a little country. No, no, no? be you. <laughs> okay, no, be you. you can't club change a damn thing. No, can't touch a damn thing. But before we transition to something that I would much rather discuss, which is not only alcohol but free alcohol, courtesy of John Lester, and then we could toast to the career he had, possible return. We don't know yet on the north side. But if it's the end, we'll do a toast to it. We'll, we'll predict that, I guess, along the way. Um, score prediction. Sounds to me like you think the Bears are going to win, so I'll let you go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will say it's going to be a 24-10 win for the Titans. Wow. That sounds about right to me. Only thing I don't like about that is you kind of stole my thunder a little bit there. I was almost thinking roughly the, the same exact thing. That's all so right. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go worse in both directions. I'll go 27 to 6. That's beautiful. Very. <laughs> That's beautiful. Very bad. And I don't think we learn anything more. It's just going to be another another game where things are just reinforced or see the offensive line is crap and what else what else can you expect? I mean, the offensive line was struggling anyways. Now you kind of have a makeshift line at the very best. You're going up against an opponent who hopefully doesn't run all over you but has a potential to do so. Still respect this Bears defense, but it is what it is. Bears road dogs and for obvious reasons. Now, Joey, I know you no longer reside in the city of Chicago. I feel bad because you could have had at least a free Miller like this weekend. Your boy John Lester hooking it up, just shoving thousands of dollars out there for the city to go have a drink on him. Big fan, while not a Cubs fan. I almost wish I would have taken him up on that free Miller Lite offer because, hey, why not? I'll, I'll take a player up on a free drink. But awesome gesture by him. Is it a farewell toast? Is it, hey, here's a pregame before my welcome back contract? Who knows? Is it, is it Would it be the right move for the Cubbies to bring him back? Would it be the wrong move to bring him back? And regardless, not necessarily looking back at his legacy as if his career in Chicago is done, but – it's not bad to look at look back at what he's done until this point, whether he returns or not. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love what he did. And I think, you know, in the world we're in right now, I think you have no idea what the baseball 
money is going to look like uh, come come the off season, and so COVID bucks, yeah, COVID bucks. So so I think it could be a nice gesture to say, hey, if I'm gone, thank you for for everything and helping the small businesses around there is is huge right now, and and especially bars, right? Yeah. So I think it was a great move, and and. Listen, from from a sentimental standpoint, I, I, I hope his career is not done here. I think what he meant to this team and this city will be etched in their history forever. And he was that linchpin that set the ball in motion. You know, you needed that one guy to sign on to understand we're building something really special here. We need you to start this process of making it known around the league that this is going to be a serious contender. And he did it, and he came here, and he won a World Series, and he was electric, and and the back end of this contract this year was not favorable to him, and so from a baseball perspective, you know he's kind of on the last uh, legs of that of that career, but what a fantastic career for him, and and we'll have to just wait and see, but kudos to, to John Lester for doing what he did with uh, some nice free beers, and also as as a Cub, I know he'll he'll be you know if if he is done. You know, remembered forever as one of those main guys that that brought that coveted World Series back to the city. Before I begin, just to throw it back at you, um, and then yeah, we'll definitely touch on the little mini party he threw uh, for the for the folks on the north side this weekend. Um, do you bring him back? Should they? I guess not. Do you? But should they? Like you said, you you don't know what things are going to be like with you know team budgets and things like that. It was a little bit of a different style year this year than others. Um, but does it make sense to bring him back? Maybe for the right dollars? I don't know. It depends what this team is looking for. I mean, if, if yeah. they're trying to make one more run and you can get it for a decent price, I would say sure. But if 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 you're kind of in that headspace of, yeah, we're good, but we're probably not good enough to win a World Series and you start selling off pieces and you're giving, let's say, Alec Mills a bigger shot to be in your, your rotation – then I think you you let him walk and let him either go to a a big time contender, whether it's L.A. or whomever, or or he retires. But but I, it, it's kind of like how you look at it, like with the like we talked about the Blackhawks and the rebuild and all that. And it's the Cubs have to decide what they want to be. Are they doing one more run with this team, or are they saying this chapter is over and we can compete a little bit longer, but we need to move on and get kind of cheaper younger options to fill out this rotation i i don't know the answer to that yet yeah i think the only way you know just when i quickly think about it the only way it potentially really i guess makes sense is it just has to be the right deal right you're not bringing them back for a whole lot of years if anything it's for another quick stint and the bucks aren't huge is what it, it just seems like it's just one of those situations or nothing because if you move on from him, it's not because you're saying oh we're going like into a rebuild mode or anything like that you're just probably giving younger arms more opportunity there or looking to invest that money elsewhere and then maybe you ask yourself like you said depending on how the covid budget is right <laughs> um do we even have it in us to where we would want him back and it would be for a smaller type of contract but does it even make sense if we're nitpicking dollars here and there already obviously a lot to to look at or to to dissect there and plenty of off season to go you know we'll see and just looking back at what he's done so far, I mean, I can't think about John Lester without thinking about how he just throws rockets to first base. So th- there's one thing. Um, once again, joking, joking. But no, I mean, you look at everything he was for this team up to this point, And whenever you're talking Cubs, 
whenever you're talking anybody, right, who played a big role and was on that 2016 World Series team, you look at him there, All-Star 2016, NLCS MVP. I'm not going to lie. I forgot about that until I looked up part of his Cubs career, you know, earlier today. Pretty impressive, right? I mean, I know a lot of Cub fans out there would say, oh, man, without, you know, Theo making sure that they brought in Lester, um, who knows if the Cubs even went at all because he was such a leader. And, you know, Epstein always talked about it as somebody who was familiar with them in their Boston days, just a fighter, just a leader with everything he's been through, not only as a baseball player, but in his personal life. He's somebody who knows how to lead by example and somebody who's just strong-willed, right? So I think that's definitely part of the attitude the Cubs needed in their 2016 World Series run. I mean, you couple that with his battery mate of David Ross, who the team and upper management raves about and earned himself a managerial spot because of that. But they were an awesome tandem, right? They were they were seen as some of, some of the biggest leaders, definitely the two veteran leaders. When you think about the 2016 Cubs and the veteran leadership, you automatically think Ross and Lester. Um, so him being one of them, and he showed out in the playoffs. He showed out right before the World Series in the NLCS when he won the NLCS MVP. So, I mean, I know there's a lot, both good and, you know, there was uh, some hiccups along the way in his Cubs career, but when it comes to teams where in your window or time that you were with them, you always, <laughs> if you won a World Series with them, you look at how they performed that year. And the Cubs, goes without saying, obviously that 2016 World Series, not just a World Series for the club, but it means a whole lot more after going over a century, 108 years waiting for it and a, and a big moment for the club. And not only somebody who performed well, but also a big veteran leader and a big voice. If his time's done here, w- total John Lester way of going out, <laughs> right? Would give, would give a, a free a free beer on John's tab. So great gesture, class, just pure class. Obviously, you have to mention that, and no surprise there. You know, from the player, the player he was, how he was on the field, all the reports and all the quotes from him, you know, from, you know, just his days here in Chicago, not a shocker that he that he goes in, on ahead and does a class act like that, so or a class move, I should say, there. So, I don't know. You, you look back at John Lester, and maybe it makes sense to bring him back if it's for the right type of contract. Are they going to be able to do that with a different type of budget this year? Who knows, but... I mean, job well done. Hat, yeah. hat tip to him. Right? Yeah, it was worth every penny, and the the only regret would be he didn't get to start that final game at Wrigley in front of fans that he deserved that 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 send off yeah. if it is his last game. And but no, yeah, worth every penny, and, and a great gesture, and a, and a great uh, player in, in in Cubs and baseball history for sure. Do you think that? Because I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch sides of town on you in relation Here to this. Go. Do you think we're taking, the, taking the red line at 35th now? Hell yeah. There we go. Which, by the way, I've never understood the argument when everyone goes, oh, it's so hard to get to a Sox game. It's so hard to get to guaranteed rate. It's the same train line. Just go the other way. Right. And, it's, and it will tell you it's Sox 35th. But don't they mostly talk about that in terms of if you're strictly driving by car? I guess. But it's just I always crack me up. That's difficult. By no. the way, it's right off the expressway. Might be a lot of traffic. Big deal if you ever went to a Bears game, which you've been to many. That's the hardest stadium to get to, Soldier Field. It's on an island, basically. Correct. So your argument still stands. (laughs) Whether it's as easy as taking the red line to a stop that says Sox 35th or just taking the expressway 9094, it's right off the expressway. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get you all. Got a good Rico Bene sandwich while you're over there. It's a nice time. 26 and Wells. There you go, baby. 
Best in town. <laughs> but anyways, it was a pitching question of, so when the Cubs were making their ascension, it was a John Lester move. For the White Sox, who were kind of in that similar window, to me yeah, we- that to me that looks like it would be Dallas Keuchel. Am I wrong, right or wrong with that? Is there another piece there that kind of turned heads in the league and for the team that goes, this guy decided, not, not that you traded for him, but this guy decided mm-hmm. to come to your team knowing what it was going to, to turn into? Yeah, I think, I think that's a fair comp in terms of, like you said, a southpaw, which it doesn't matter, you know, lefty-righty, but just veteran pitcher, World Series experience, and looks at a club and says, yeah, this is the one. I mean, I think that's a fair comp. And nothing against Dallas Keuchel. I don't know if part of that was also, you know, some Rick Hahn or anybody else in the front office bringing him in personally because of leadership or anything else like that they looked at, which I'm not saying he lacks those skills by any stretch of the imagination. But obviously that's something, that's an attribute that most definitely came along with John Lester. Theo Epstein, once again, as somebody who had that connection with him in Boston, made it a point that the Cubs bring him in over to the north side. So a little bit different there, but... I like where your head's at in terms of you have a, you know, a World Series veteran who looks at a team like the Chicago White Sox and says, hey, you know, I, I was on a World Series team before and potentially you guys could be there, too. And the hope is, you know, especially with their new manager, Tony La Russa, uh, that we'll be getting over that hump over. You know, we'll get past this first round of the playoffs next year. Uh, hopefully we're in there. Knock on wood. All signs and odds pointing to yes. And I think fair enough count for sure as somebody who's coming in and trying to lead lead their way in the rotation to hopefully I, I hope the biggest comparison will just be a world series ring right so and that'd <laughs> be nice we'll see if we could get there but fair enough comp um so yeah once again joey sorry you couldn't get your free beer i don't know but yeah i know I? i'll have to well i'll be i'll be back in town around thanksgiving so if he's still buying around then i'll uh I'll sneak out and get Just one. walk into McGee's or wherever else it was and just say, uh, oh, hey, is John's tab still open? <laughs> yeah, I missed it the first time. If he's still got the credit card going, I'll Nobody run I'll can run open it Joey's. Yeah. <laughs> Joey can open up his own. All right. Well, that's enough uh, for our knucklehead banter. Beers, we're very optimistic. No, we're not. We'll see what happens. Hey, I hope next time we chat, Joey, that the Bears have just blown out the tight ends and we look like idiots and we could talk about how we are idiots and we can break down a fun game. The best show when there we're we idiots. Go. And we're idiots. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Joey, as you said in the opening of the show, you can find him on the Tweet Machine at Joey Gelman, myself at Tweet Dan Collins. The show, Believe in Chicago. And for all the year candy, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. For Dan, he's Joey. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.